0: You are listening to a sermon from St. Peter's Free Church in Dundee, the historic church of Robert Murray McShane. For more sermon content, please visit our website at stpeters-dundee.org.uk. Let's turn to um, John's Gospel and read there in chapter 1 just a few verses from verse 35. want to look at what the Lord has to say to us from His Word uh, this morning, and it's going to be because of the baptism of Andrew. We're going to look at the Andrew in the Bible, John chapter 1, and at verse 35, it's on page 1064. The words are also up on the screen. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God, When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning round, Jesus saw them following and asked, "'What do you want?' They said, "'Rabbi,' which means teacher. "'Where are you staying?' "'Come,' he replied, "'and you will see.' So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the tenth hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who'd heard what Jesus had said and who had followed Jesus." The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of God. You will be called Cephas, which when translated means Peter. Very first words that Jesus spoke in this gospel, I think are fascinating. I didn't know this. This is a passage, I thought, I know this passage inside out, I know plenty about it. I'll go and study it again, but I don't think I'll learn anything new. And I did, because when I was looking at it, <clears throat> someone pointed out that these are the first recorded words of Jesus in the Gospel of John, and it's just simply this. What do you want? I guess maybe pronouncing it that way doesn't make it sound so good. What do you want? You know, it's not, that's not what he meant. That's not what I meant to say he meant. He's saying, what do you want? He's asking uh, Andrew, Andrew, and one other person. We're not sure who it is. It could have been John. It could have been Philip. And they're, they're following him. and He's saying, what do you want? Well, when Bev and Tim are bringing Andrew for baptism, what do they want? When we, those of us who have children, we're asking, what do we want for our children? What are our aims? What are our priorities for them? What do we want for ourselves, those of us whether we're married or not, whether we've got children or not, whether we're healthy or not, whatever our particular circumstances, what do we actually want? And I think that's a great question for you to answer as though Jesus was saying to you, What do you want? What do you really, really want? Andrew was a fisherman, his father was called John. He lived in a village, a fishing village, on the north side of an area called Bethsaida. He had a brother called Simon, and he was a follower of a man called John the Baptist, who was people, ordinary people were listening to John as he was telling them about God. His name, the name Andrew, which is my second name as well, uh, means manly and brave, and it is given to people who are manly and brave. Uh, if you're called Andrea, by the way, that's the Greek word uh, for manly and brave, just in case. Um, but Scots, you know, there's a tradition in Scotland that you'd take the father's name, and then you would add an A on or something, so that you would get the girl's name. So, Murdo would become Merdina, David, Davina, and so on. You, you work it out, you can do it with anything. I, I, I've, I have met people who are called Myrdoina, um, and, and Donaldina, and, and so on. But, here, Andrew, is a, it was a name that was used in uh, Greek culture, in Jewish culture, and in Roman culture as well, and it's still a very, very popular name. He was called by the Greeks the, the protocletos, the first one who was called. He was the first disciple to be called to follow Jesus. It's really interesting, by the way, that you get Andrew mentioned here first, then his brother Simon. Every other time they're mentioned together in the Bible, it's Simon Peter and his brother Andrew. Andrew goes uh, down the pecking order in terms of priority, but it'll always be the case that he was the first person that Jesus called to follow him. There are all kinds of stories and legends about Andrew, uh, some that you will be aware of, some not. After the death of Jesus, he's supposed to have gone along the Volga, the River Volga into Kiev. He, is, he became the patron saint of Ukraine Russia, Romania, Georgia, Scotland, of course, and Barbados. I have no idea why Barbados. Maybe that's to do with Scotland. I'm not sure. Um, He formed Constantinople, was crucified. uh, Tradition has it at Patras in Greece. And we have the St. Andrew's Cross, which I showed before. should be up there. You'll see it again. That's it. Um, The Scottish flag, part of the British flag, and so on. Who knows really why he's connected with Scotland? His bones are supposed to have been brought to St Andrews. He became the patron saint of Scotland in the 10th century. And there are, if you visit St Mary's Cathedral in Edinburgh, you can apparently see his bones. Uh, Personally, I think that's rubbish. Uh, I don't think you can see his bones. McShane's bones are out there. If you want another saint, uh, we'll sell them to you. No. That, actually, I'm being facetious, but that's what happened with saints' bones, that people would, uh, St. Andrew's bones, by the way, I mean, he must have been quite a big guy, because there's bones in St. Mary's, there's bones in Kiev, there's bones in Romania, there's bones all over the place of of, uh, St. Andrew. Um, Thankfully, we don't go there with all the legends. We stick with the Bible, because it's the Word of God, and it's more realistic, and uh, as we look at this passage, it's just very simple things that I think we can learn about Jesus, about ourselves, and from Andrew. Let me say, first of all, from the passage itself, I'm going to say, well, I'm going to say three things about it. Firstly, they wanted to find Jesus. Where are you staying? Rabbi, where are you staying? They're following Him, and they want to be with Jesus. Now, they don't know who Jesus is. They have no idea what we, the knowledge that we now have from the New Testament. And I think that's quite important. There's something that within them drew them to Jesus. They didn't really know who he was, but they knew enough after John the Baptist had pointed to Jesus, they knew enough to say it's worth finding out about Jesus. And you might be here this morning, and you hear a lot of talk about Jesus, and there's all kinds of images in your head and some of them will be like the myths about St. Andrew, they'll not really be true. You, you don't know enough about Jesus, but there's something in you that says he's worth finding out about. There are people all over Dundee who need to find Jesus. I uh, listened to Rabbi Zacharias this morning, and he had a, I had a great saying. I really liked it. He said, when you find a place, you find religion. When you go to a place, you go to something religious. You come to this place here, it's a wonderful building, um, and Jesus is not present, and you don't find Jesus. All you've found is religion. When you find Jesus, you find a person. And that is very, very important. When we are talking about all the different kind of work and stuff that we want to do, Yes, of course, we want to help people. We want to encourage people. We want to hear about particularly the community children's work. It's so important that children are taught and, and fed and cared for and loved and helped in many different and difficult situations. But the most important thing for any single person here and any child and any adult is that we find Jesus. Where will we find Him? Is He in the Yellow Pages, in this church, in Kirkton, through the work in the attic, in Charleston? Do we find Him in the media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on the radio, reading? I think the answer is this, that all these things can be used, but you find Jesus amongst His people. And that's why church is so important, because church is not the building, it's the assembly of the people of God. And there's just something. It's like these two disciples, like Andrew. There was something about Jesus. And there's something about meeting people who believe and who trust and who love Jesus. You just know that there is something different. They wanted to find Jesus. Second thing is, they wanted to follow Jesus. It wasn't just curiosity, Jesus is not just a historical figure. He's worth following, and not, um, I've, you know, I've, I, I gave in to the dark side, and I went back to um, iPhone, and I love Twitter on the iPhone, uh, but Twitter's really silly. You've got followers. You know, like, I've got two and a half thousand followers. Justin Bieber's got 25 million, but uh, there's, you know, followers. Who's following? Why would you, what does it mean you follow Justin Bieber? And we use, follow, if you followed me on Twitter or if you followed other people on Twitter, what does that mean? All it means is that every now and then you'll get a text, I am in the bath or something. Uh, you know, That's not really following. It's just being nosy. It's just, oh, I wonder what's going on there. I mean, it doesn't really change your life. If you're following Justin Bieber and you say, I've got a new single out today. Oh, gosh, that's made my day. You know, it, that, when, we, when follow is getting used in that way, That's not what we mean when we're talking about following Jesus. Look how much uh, more significant it is for them. They heard what John said and they'd followed Jesus. They actually gave up their jobs. They were to go back. Andrew especially was to go back and do fishing later on and then to go away again. But to follow Jesus is such a radical thing that it is giving up everything. It's not like... um, the poor handful of ranger supporters who came to Dundee yesterday saying, follow, follow, we will follow. Even their level of commitment. Jesus asked for a commitment that is way, way, way beyond that. And they wanted to follow Jesus. And that's why, by the way, what I would call traditional religion never ever works. Because it's never ever radical enough. It's never ever strong enough. It's never ever deep enough. And it's why the kind of cultish religions who are very radical and very strong never work, because it's never about following Jesus. Here it is about following Jesus. And the third thing is, in verse 41, Andrew wanted to bring others to Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. is <coughs> mentioned three other times in the Gospels. Actually, three other times in the Bible. The first, John chapter 6 and verse 8. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? There, Andrew was again, he was bringing this wee boy to Jesus, and he was bringing this small boy, ending up with a miracle of feeding the 5,000. In John 12 and verse 20, now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we'd like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Andrew is again introducing people to Jesus. And then the only other time we read of Andrew is in Mark 13, verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us, when will these things happen, and what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? And there's Andrew with three of the other disciples, just wanting to learn from Jesus. So we've got the three things. He's feeding the hungry, he's helping people meet Jesus, and he's learning from Jesus. And going back to that question, what did Tim and Bev want for their Andrew? I would suggest that those three things are great for any parent to want for their children. Let them be used to care for others. Let them be used to introduce people to Jesus, and let them learn from Jesus. I think that Uh, It's why the Sunday school and the Monday club and all these different things—they're all so so important because we love the children, and because God loves the children, we want the children to learn from Jesus and to be taught by Jesus. The greatest thing you will ever do as a parent is not to get your kids to go to the most expensive, poshest school you can. It's not to give them, um, every single one of them, an iPad when they're three. It, it's not to, to provide them with the luxurious surroundings. The greatest thing you can ever, ever give your kids is that they are introduced to Jesus, and they grow up knowing who Jesus is, and learning to love, and to serve, and to follow Jesus Christ. Andrew, Andrew, fades into the background in the Bible. But I doubt that there's a more important disciple. He brought Peter, his brother, who'd become a leader in the early church. He brought the Greeks. Eventually, he would go there, and, and if it's true that he founded Constantinople, that became a massive uh, Christian kingdom. If it's true that he brought the gospel, he certainly didn't bring it to Scotland. But if it's true that he brought it to Russia and to the Ukraine and to Romania, then that is is also wonderful. But we don't know. But we know this. Jesus called him and Andrew followed. And Andrew just wanted to introduce people to Jesus. He didn't want people to think, wow, what a great guy this is. We don't know what plans Jesus may have for those we bring to him. See, the question changes. We began with the question, Jesus asks, what do you want? And we finished with the question, what does he want? I think he wants Andrew Allen. That's why we give the sign of baptism. It's a mark of Jesus upon him. I think he wants us. The question then turns around and says, well, what do we want in response to that? Do we want to follow him? Do we want to know him? Do we want to love him? Do we want to serve him? It is so exciting, really exciting, to wonder what will God do? What will God do with the people whom we introduce to Jesus? Not how great will I be, but what will God do with them? I once taught in a kids' club, and sometimes teach in the kids' club, but when you're involved in the kids' club, right? Some of you, it's the absolute nightmare. You're saying, please, anything but that. Well, try it out. You never, ever know. Um, and sometimes sometimes it is a burden. Sometimes it's a hassle. Sometimes you wonder what you're doing and what's all the point of it and so on. Well, I think that the point is simply to introduce the children to Jesus. And I remember once being down in London and speaking at a church in London, and this woman came up to me and she said, "You know, hi David, how are you?" And my usual—I hadn't a clue. I, didn't, I vaguely knew her face, and I said, "Who are you?" And she said she told me her name, and she was a girl that I used to walk to a kids' club in Buccleuch in Edinburgh every—I think it was Thursday—for three years. Used to walk, and I mean, you couldn't do this now, but we used to hold hands. She was about eight years old, and we'd walk down the street and just take her to the club every single Thursday. And I never, ever saw anything in that club, never saw anything really happen. And she said to me, when I met her in London, she said, you know, I'm grown up now, I've, uh, I'm a Christian, um, and I'm working down here. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm a matron at, uh, I think it was either Winchester or Eton, one of the real, I said, oh really, what does that mean? She said, I look after the boys at night. I have a, my own room, and there's 12 of them in the dorm, and basically, I'm their mother away from home. And I said, do you find that interesting? Yes, she said, and she told me that uh, the King of Jordan's two grandchildren were in her, in her group, and they would come every night because they're a bit scared, and she would sit and read the Bible with them and tell them about Jesus. Now, I just thought it was a lovely story for me because who would have thought that taking a kid from a tenement in Edinburgh to a club, would result in that child ending up telling the king of Jordan's grandchildren about Jesus. You never, ever know. No work is ever wasted in the kingdom of God. I want to encourage you, those of you who are involved in that, and I want to encourage all of us to be prayerful people and just simply to ask God not to make us great people who are well-known, or even a great church that's well-known, but just a place and a people who are able to introduce others to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for Your Word. Bless it to us. May Your hand be upon us. May we know Your guidance and Your help. We do pray that uh, You would help us all to know who You are and to love You and to serve You, and that we would be able to follow You, for we ask it in Your name. Amen.